The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like it mixed. Why are you so quiet, Casey? Why was that? Why was the song singing so, so quiet? I don't understand. Maybe that'll be revealed in a moment, but welcome. To our weekend preview show, we have a lot of events going on this weekend. We had a Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia preview show, which you can go back and watch right here on the network. But we have Bellator 294 later on tonight. Tomorrow, we have Bellator 295. And we also have UFC Vegas 71. We have Davis Garcia. We have Influencer Boxing. Just so much going on. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, being joined once again by Jose Youngs. Live from Phoenix, Arizona. Go Red Sox. Yes. And also, my best friend is here, Alexander K. Lee. There he go is. Raptors. Go Raptors. Go uh, Raptors. Go Raptors. Tough day. It's tough day. Hey, who's your head coach now? Ime Udoka. <laughs> That's probably what you can. Name. You can have him. I don't want him. <laughs> well... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do have a little bit of news right off the bat. Uh, The flyweight bout that was set for Bellator 295 tomorrow between Kyoji Horiguchi and Ray Borg, it is no longer happening. You may have saw the tweet from the Bellator PR account. And for those who are thinking to themselves, why did this happen? Whatever you think is the reason why is probably the reason why. I was told by a Bellator official it is due to weight management issues on the Ray Borg side, and now this fight will no longer be happening on tomorrow's card. The fight between Yancey Medeiros 
And who is his opponent? Uh, Charlie Leary. That is moving up to the main card. This, so I was on uh, the Bellator Zone preview show and we were talking about this fight. And I went on a rant about this fight in particular because it was happening at 125 and it made literally no sense to do that. Ray Borg's last four or five fights were at 135. Kyoji Horiguchi was a former Bantamweight champion. There is no flyweight division for Bellator. I just don't, never understood why this fight was at flyweight. But the biggest obstacle we needed to get over is the reason why this fight is no longer happening on Saturday, I'm told. AK, you might be angrier than anybody else. Your reaction to this news? I'm so mad. I'm so <laughs> mad. I I think I had to double check like last week. Uh, I was like, I was like, this, I was like, did they did they really book this at flyweight? I don't understand. I I'm, I I'm, I I believe uh, Koji Horiguchi has been competing back at flyweight over in Japan. Fine, okay. But again, this this is we're talking about Bellator. They don't have a flyweight division. We know Ray Borg struggles to make one twenty five. He's missed so many fights at flyweight. Again, I hope he's okay. But this has happened many, many, many times in the past. His last three fights for Eagle FC. We're all at bantamweight. And he won them, by the way. He's on a three-fight win streak at 135 pounds. Clearly, clearly, he's just not made to make 125 with, with any sort of consistency or reliability. We know Kyoji Horiguchi, Kyoji Horiguchi can compete at 135. He's a, he was a champion in Ryzen. He was a champion in Bellator. You have a bantamweight division, Bellator. Why did they do this? Can I can I swear now? Is it too early in the do I get do we get demonetized if I swear within the first like 10 minutes of the show or something like that? How does that work? I think it's like in the first 90 seconds or something. So you're you got it, AK. Can I swear yeah. now? Can I swear now? Sure, why not? Why not? Why the fuck are you fucking <laughs> Ray Borg at 125 pounds in, a, in, a, in an important fight? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? I'm upset. Why did we start off the show with this? I'm so well, I mean, mad it's breaking right now. news. We had I'm so mad. Uh, the, the tweet was somewhat vague. We got some information, and I wanted to share it with the people. So, yeah, it's Facts unfortunate only. news. Facts only, my best. I don't friend. know why. Facts only. Jose, why do we do this? Why was this set up this way? I just I, puzzling, puzzling, puzzling. Because Bellator is the same promotion that booked Deanna Bennett in a flyweight title fight when she can barely make one flyweight either. So do better, Bellator. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that whole situation where yes. Yes. Liz Carbouche could lose the belt tonight. And I don't I, I don't understand. I don't understand what, what's happening at 125 over there, but it's okay. We're gonna try to stay positive. The cards are pretty solid. Bellator 295, the main event is, is very, very good. Very, very let's good. Not, let's not forget, this is also the same promotion that decided to halt their own hype train that is Big Tuna for reasons unbeknownst <laughs> to anyone. Like, let's stop trying to pretend like we're trying to figure out why Bellator books fights. I will never forgive them for the Big Tuna booking and the mm -hmm. card placement, but uh, mm -hmm. it's okay. We we try to move on. I guess we'll start with uh, with UFC Vegas 71, then we'll transition back to Bellator, but UFC's back at the hallowed apex, AK. We have heavyweights taking center stage, Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich, and in most situations, in most promotions, there would be a lot riding on this fight. 
there would be a lot riding on it. We have Curtis Blades on a nice run, probably is earned a title shot many, many wins ago. Sergey Pavlovich has been coming on strong, just melting people, incredible performances. But we have John Jones as the champion, a potential fight with Stipe Miacic in the wings. Jailson Almeida is getting ready to fight Jarzina Rosenstrike in a main event next month in Charlotte, North Carolina. So let me ask you this, AK. What are these two men fighting for tomorrow? I think it's I think it is an important fight. I think uh the stakes are pretty clear. Yes, Stipe and John Jones is on the table. Listen, that's that is plan A, plan B, plan C for the UFC in regards to uh going forward with their heavyweight division. We all want to see that fight. It's a cool fight, it's a legacy fight. Um but listen, th- th- these guys are Nothing is guaranteed in the UFC. I don't want to assume that something bad is going to happen to John Jones the next six, seven months. But again, maybe he suffers a minor injury and can't make it. Maybe Stipe Miocic suffers a minor injury and can't make it. Maybe there's issues in the negotiating table. That's certainly uh, something both men have, have publicly you know, spoken about dealing with the UFC. And um, so there's a chance that fight either, either doesn't come together or doesn't come together as quickly and as conveniently as they'd like. Uh, and again, maybe it gets made and one of them has to fall out. So Saturday's winner, Sergey Pavlovich, or Curtis Blades is in prime position to step in and, and, and get that fight. Maybe they fight Stipe for an interim title. Maybe they get to fight John Jones. People have want to see Curtis Blades fight John Jones for the longest time. They love the style matchup, so this is huge for him. Uh, it, it does. I, I understand if everything plays out uh, sort of as expected with Stipe and John Jones fighting sooner rather than later. It does feel like uh, Sergey and Curtis are kind of just fighting to hold on to their spot, and that's tough. Uh, but listen, that's that's the cards they've been dealt. And again, you mentioned Jarzy and your Rosenstrike, of course, and, and uh, Jelton Almeida. You could just take the two winners of these fights and uh, pair them up against each other to create the next the next contender. Or again, maybe guys will fight for a vacant title if Stipe and John Jones just both decide to retire uh, after the next fight. Because uh, John Jones keeps joking like, oh, I just want to fight Stipe. And, and uh, that'll be it. What a way to end my career. But we don't know. He's so unpredictable. Uh, Stipe, we don't know how many fights he has left. So I, I think there's a lot in line. I don't, I don't think they're necessarily just, uh, just treading water. I think it's, it's hugely important. Uh, for both these guys to win. Not that a loss completely knocks them out of the, the sphere of contendership, uh, but it's certainly nice to be in there right now because they could be in one of those big, uh, big, big heavyweight fights before the end of the year. But yeah, you, you, you got to win it though. Jose, we, we sort of talked about the stakes on BTL yesterday, but one question I did want to ask you is, AK put it, put it like this, a loss doesn't completely hinder title hopes, but it definitely creates a speed bump, that's for sure. So, in your opinion, who needs this win more? Is it Curtis Blades or is it Sergey Pavlovich? Hmm. Probably Curtis Blades. Uh, he's been in the UFC, obviously, longer. Uh, I feel like we've gone to, like, if, if anyone watched, the, actually, everyone watching the show, you all watch the Media Day Scrum on MMA Fighting YouTube page, so I don't have to remind you. But for those of you who haven't, which... I know it doesn't exist. Um, Curtis Blade said, like, he was presenting this question, like, it seems like every time he reaches this point, he falters, like when he lost to Francis in China, when he lost to Derek Lewis and all these stuff. So I feel like what, like, Dana White said about Benil Dariush, where if he didn't have bad luck, he would have no luck, could, is also applicable to Curtis Blades, where he reaches this number one, this supposed number one contender fight, and then something happens either he loses or john jones comes back or stipe and daniel cormier take a bunch of time off to do three fights in three years and then daniel cormier retires and the stipe takes enough more time off and then francis leaves so 
I would say Curtis Blades is perennially run, he's just running out of matchups at heavyweight and he's pretty much fought everyone in this division. Sergey Pavlovich is still sort of new to the scene and when I say the scene I mean the top 5 of the heavyweight division because if you go back to watch that Derek Lewis fight I I think I said like he's his talent does not reflect on the rankings he just hasn't been able to be as active as he's wanted to do because of visa issues and all sorts of this and that. So I would say Curtis Blades, he's the more known name. And lose a, a, a known name losing to someone that, A, can't speak English, which affects his marketing ability in America, and not a lot of people know, and is semi-new to the top five of this division, probably hurts a lot more than Sergey Pavlovich losing to a guy that's B and everyone else in the top ten. I would agree with you that Curtis Blades needs this one more. I feel like he's been just running uphill no matter how many wins he gets and how he does it. But this is an interesting fight. So, AK, uh, we have a lot of events and fights to talk about. So, right now, according to the betting lines, Curtis Blades, the minus 170 favorite, the comeback on Sergey Pavlovich, plus 145. The winner could perhaps win the Jelton Almeida sweepstakes should he be successful against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. So, AK, who gets this one done? Will it be Curtis Blades or Sergey Pavlovich? Curtis Blades all the way, man. I got I got Curtis Blades all the way. I I, I don't know if Sergey Pavlovich's takedown defense is going to hold up. I think uh, Curtis is going to be very smart about not playing around too much in the feet. Doesn't he? He knows his his standups improved. He's shown he's shown that there's there's uh, some heavyweights he can outstrike. He can knock out. That's fine. That's great. His bread and butter is that great wrestling, great ground and pound. Uh, and I don't want to necessarily say it's a weakness for Sergey Pavlovich. Again, we only sort of had to have sort of the Overeem fight uh, as as evidence of like him losing in the UFC and kind of showing some of his weaknesses. But uh, you certainly don't want to stand and bang with him. I mean, he, he's just one of the deadliest guys uh, at heavyweight right now. I mean, his power is legit. He's he's pretty, really fast for his size. Uh, he can, I think he can take a shot. Not that he's had to take too many. Um, so if you're Curtis, man, you're just trying to get this one down. And I think he can. I think he can. I don't think it's going to be a super I think Sergey's going to have she'll have some resistance, but I think Curtis will be able to get him down enough times, wear him down, and I think he gets a knockout too. I think he finished his ground and pound, just really puts the pressure on him. And uh, maybe I'm just being super optimistic for for Curtis Blades, but I think he, he stamps himself as the guy uh, to get that shot, um, no matter what happens in, in the Rosenstrike uh, Almeida fight. Jose, which what's your pick here? Can look a lot of people go back to the Overeem fight when it comes to the defensive grappling prowess, if you will, of Sergey Pavlovich. And I know that fight was a long time ago. And some people are like, well, you're telling me no one can improve in six years' time, but we just don't have the evidence of it because Pavlovich is going in there murking people in 90 seconds. So we don't know. So is it something to you where until I see that improvement, I just can't pick against Curtis Blades? Or do you think that Pavlovich has... The death swarm, so to speak. Not the death touch, but the death swarm. The, as you put it, uh, smelling blood and, and attacking like nobody else in this division. Will it be Pavlovich yeah. getting the hand raised or Blades getting it done? Yeah, he has death by a thousand lunchboxes. That's Sergey Pavlovich's. And none of the lunchboxes miss, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> I kind of I tend to believe Sergey Pavlovich when he when he reflects on that Overeem loss. He said it at Media Day too. He's he's asked this every single fight week, like to reflect on that fight and he just he arrived in that fight was in China and he arrived in China the week of the fight and it just threw him off. He said he just body didn't adjust to the time change, didn't acclimatize and everything. 
and that he said was his biggest learning. He has to take this seriously. He has to get there early. So he's been in Vegas for I think two, two and a half weeks to prepare for Curtis Blades. Now, I don't know how good his wrestling is because, like you said, we haven't had to see it. And by all accounts, he hasn't really fought anyone in the UFC that has elite wrestling like Curtis Blades. But you would also be hard pressed to find a heavyweight with elite wrestling like Curtis Blades. I think John Jones is probably the best example of it. I was also looking at Sergey Pavlovich's resume yesterday after Between the Links just because I was curious about like what his opponents were doing before they fought Sergey. He's only fought one guy in the UFC on a win streak, and that was Maurice Green. Everyone else has been on at least a two to three to four fight losing streak, and usually they're pretty bad losses like Derek Lewis, Ty Tuivasa, Overeem, Shamil, like... You go on a losing streak, and then here's your punishment, Sergey Pavlovich, and then he just beats the soul out of you. So Sir, uh, Curtis Blades is not that. He is not only on a winning streak. He has looked very impressive. I know the Tom Aspinall fight, there are questions, but I still picked Curtis Blades to beat Tom Aspinall uh, just because of his wrestling. I'm going to stick with Curtis Blades, too. I think he can win either violently on the ground. He can win boringly on the ground, which a win is a win. I'm not knocking him. If he just 50 44s him, if he does... What he did to Volkov, I won't fault him at all for that, especially if Sergei Pavlovich is in front of you. You're going to want to take him off the feet, and you're going to want to hold him down. If you can't get, if Sergei Pavlovich can't get Curtis Blades off of him, he doesn't deserve to win. I'm going to pick Curtis Blades by however he wants, but I'm not picking, like, Sergei Pavlovich could touch him once, but he's not like Derek Lewis or Francis and gotten where your, your feet are going to leave the ground. But for all we know, that's another question we could have too. Cause did you see tied to Ivas's face after that fight? He was bleeding out of yeah. every hole in his head. Tough fight, tough fight for both men. As I said, AK, I'll ask, I asked Mike this yesterday. Do you know what an ape index is? <clears throat> I, uh, it's a length thing, right? Yeah. It's the, it's like the ratio of your wingspan. to your height, and the average person is one. Sergey Pavlovich's is nine. It is allegedly <laughs> the biggest in the in all of UFC. <laughs> so that is bananas. If if that's true, have fun with that, Curtis Blades. But I'm still picking Curtis Blades to win. <laughs> Does that change your your pick at all, AK? No, man, no, no. And, and uh, I should have said I'm very familiar with Ape Index, of course, as our our dear Masai Ujiri in mm-hmm. Toronto. Uh, goes to that chart very often when trying to sign people and figure out draft picks. And right. sorry guys, right. a lot of Raptors, a lot of Raptors stuff in my mind with Nick nurse out. Uh, no, it, it doesn't change it. I, I think, uh, I think I trust Curtis to be able to get inside and uh, avoid that big kibosh because I, I, I understand why people would be picking Sergey Pavlovich. We've seen I, I, people are probably getting Ganu flashbacks. They're probably thinking of Sergey like a, like a Russian Ganu. It's it's Curtis blades ran to this guy twice. Just got, just got clipped, got rocked, got knocked up by Derek Lewis he can get hit and KO'd. He can get hit and KO'd. But like I said, against Derek Lewis, he kind of messed around a little bit. He kind of effed around and he found out. Uh, he better not do that against Sergey. Just go to what brought you to the dance, Curtis Blades, and it will take you to the promised land. You are so, 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 so close. So close to a title shot. I really believe that. The landscapers are right off front, AK. So give us a gymnastics scale while I wait for them to part ways. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be lower than last week. That Holloway Allen card I thought was pretty nice, but I'll, I'll still keep it above eight. So let's go like let's go like eight point one, eight point two. I don't mind this card. Uh, next week's card, and besides, I have to set some sort of uh, I guess set some sort of precedent because next week's card probably is not going to register above an eight. Uh, not to be pessimistic, not to be a, a little prince of negativity there, but 
I don't know if it's making it past that threshold. So I'll go 8.1, 8.2. There's definitely a few, uh, a few fights I'm, uh, I'm interested in. There's some people I don't know a lot about who could show out and, and impress me. Uh, it's a bit opposite than last week's card. Last week's card, we kind of joked, is a bit of an old people's card. Uh, we had Ed Herman, we had Zach Cummings, we had uh, even Max Holloway in the main event, uh, Edson Barbosa, Clay Guida. You know, there was some venerable, venerable talents on there. This this card, we got some. We got some young people. We got some young folks. We got Yasmin Lucindo. She's twenty one, I think, twenty one or twenty two. Francis Marshall's a baby. Uh, a lot of fighters, twenty six, twenty seven, and under. So very different feel to this card. Uh, whether that's more or less appealing to people, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's nice to have that name value of like Clay Guida. But again, let's let's uh, let's file this one under. Uh, it's always the cards you don't talk about that deliver. So I'm I'm probably being uh, maybe a little too optimistic. But uh, 8.1, 8.2. Yeah, this is a we have a massive boxing fight coming up later tonight. Let's just give you something decent and we'll lead it in nicely. Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva is an interesting fight. Bobby Green is obviously. The the last fight is Bobby Green because he's going to be King King, Jared Gordon. He's just is he, he's just King. He's going. He's becoming. It's a, it's going to be a mononym. He's just King. Yeah, yeah but, but Jose, I want a, him. I want him to keep his nickname, so he's King King. So he's King King. Okay, all right, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so much better. That's so much better. You mentioned Yasmin Lucindo, Brogan Walker, Jeremiah Wells, Matthew Semplesberger is going to be a chaotic fight. Uh, Montel Jackson, Ronnie Yaya is on this card. There's some decent fights on this one. There's some decent fights. Uh, Francis Marshall's back against William Gomi. Muhammad Usman makes his, I guess, official UFC debut against Junior Tafa. That fight probably oof. ain't going to the card. So, oof. What's the oof? That someone's dying in that fight. Probably. <laughs> probably. That's Junior Tafa is so good at punching people, and Muhammad Usman looks like a linebacker. That's unbelievable. That fight is unbelievable. I wish that fight was yeah. on the main card just because for the sheer absurdity of it. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. So the NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.
Uh, we got Bellator 294, obviously, today going on tonight, but we have Bellator 295 tomorrow and AK Rafian Stotts, the interim bantamweight champion. He has made it to the finals, got some nice victories over Juan Archuleta and Danny Sabatello. He will take on fellow finalist Patchy Mix, who has flipped to the favorite over the last day or so. He is a, what was he? I think he's a minus 110 favorite in this fight. And this is just a fantastic main event, AK. A fantastic fight. Someone's going to be a millionaire. Someone's going to be waiting for the winner of the Sergio Pettis-Patricio Pitbull fight. Your thoughts on this Bantamweight Grand Prix finale between Rafion Stotts and Patchy Mix because this fight just friggin' rules. Bantamweights. Bantamweights. It's a, it's a great division. It's a great division. I, I think one of the reasons we're always like promoting it as the best division uh, is because uh, because there, there's so much of a, of a strong 135-pound presence in other promotions besides the UFC. Not that, not that Bellator doesn't have good lightweights, but I think when people are talking about lightweight being the best division, uh, it's like primarily guys in the UFC. Uh, there's, there's certainly good guys in other promotions, but primarily guys in the UFC. Uh, Bellator legitimately has its own like super great bantamweight division. A bunch of guys who uh, you put them in the octagon, I assure you they would be competitive, very likely top five contenders. Either the guys we're talking about now, uh, Patchy Mix and, and, and Rafael Stotts. I mean, it's a super deep division, but it would it would not shock me if they if they jumped into the uh, the top five of, if, in the UFC after two or three fights if they went over there. But that doesn't matter. They're in Bellator. They're in this awesome Grand Prix. They're fighting for is it's a million. It has a million dollar prize, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, they're fighting. They're fighting for a million dollars. They're fighting for uh, a unify. I guess it's a unification bout. Uh, this is good stuff, man. I mean, this is just it's it's it's, it's super exciting, and I love the style matchup. Uh, Ruffian Stotts, you know, this is a great wrestler, uh, good all-around fighter. Patchy Mix, great grappler. I think there's gonna be some insane scrambles. Uh, there'll be some ex- some fun exchanges on the feet as well. It, it'll 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 be. I know I know we hyped up uh, a lot of these Bellator Grand Prix fights a lot, and Stotts, you know, Sabatello, you know, it was it, it couldn't live up to the trash talk to the animosity that turned out to kind of be a bad clash of styles. It wasn't a super eventful fight, and that's fine. Uh, but I think with Patchy Mix and and Rafi on Stotts, you're you're going to be a lot more satisfied. So, Bellator, listen, they got the best fight of the weekend. Uh, they had another one of the best fights of the weekend that we lost. Just thinking about it's making me so angry, but focusing on the positives. Um, yeah, this is if you if if you watch one MMA fight this weekend. Which would be weird. I don't know when there's like 40 fights on why you'd only watch one fight. Make it Ruffian Stotts versus Patchy Mix. Jose, in the only rankings that matter, mm-hmm. the champion, Rafian Stotts, ranked number 11 at 135. Patchy Mix tied for eighth, ranked higher than Rafian Stotts in our rankings. He is tied with Usman Nurmagomedov, not Usman, Umar Nurmagomedov, excuse me, uh, tied for eighth. True or false? The winner of this fight, if you had the, if you could, you know, let loose the Jose Young's personal rankings, true or false, the winner of this fight is a top five bantamweight in your opinion. Ooh. I'm looking at our thing right now. No, he, they, but they would be like six or seven. I don't, that's tough. They would be, I think they'd be six or seven in my mind. Cause um, I don't think either of them beats Umar. I and he's sitting at eight. Both of them, I think, are hyper competitive. And it's 50-50 against Rob, Marlon, 
the way Peter Jan has looked lately. I think both men present issues to Sean O'Malley, and I don't think either one beats Sanhagen, Marab, or Aljamain. Um, so I'm going to say six or seven, but not. But they could very easily beat two or three in that top five. But just rankings wise, meritocracy wise, not talent wise, I'd probably put them six or seven. But it's I wish we could get those fights. I really do. It would be good. I'm back. I don't know. And why I just I, and I would favor both men over the current champion, Sergio Pettis. Yeah, I could see that. Because this is for the interim. Yes. Now, if Patricio beats Sergio Pettis, that's a have fun with that, whoever wins the interim title. Though that fight's pretty interesting too. AK, mm-hmm. top five in your rankings on the line here? Uh Jose kind of presented the problem there. So we have Umar at eight and he ha- Umar is really in that spot, both based on his accomplishments and some projection. There are some of us who think like if he fought Aljamain Sterling tomorrow, he might beat his ass. So that's why uh, that's why Umar is so high. But there's names above him. Again, Jose kind of mentioned this that that I would be very comfortable saying Patchy or Rafael Stotts would beat. Uh, I I'd like them against Rob Font. I'd like them against Cheeto Vera, Piotr Jan. And I know that this isn't just us. I'm sure if you ask a lot of people uh, who they favor. Sean O'Malley or Petty Mix or Sean O'Malley or Stotts, they'd probably go with the Bellator guys. So um, the rankings are a funny thing, right? It's, it is it is a mixture of accomplishment and also projection and, and matchups, who would beat who. So uh, I don't think, I'll say this, when, when we do our rankings, uh, when we update them, I'm not sure if we're going to update Bantamweight this weekend, I'm going to have a little bit of trouble moving them past Umar. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that yet. Uh, but I will say method will matter. Method will matter. In my rankings, I have Mix one spot behind Umar. I actually have Umar at eight, like our consensus rankings, and Mix at nine. So I don't know. If Mix were able to, like, if he submitted Stotts first round, second round, uh, really at any point in the fight, if he pulled off a convincing submission, maybe. Maybe maybe based on the accomplishment, I do give him that bump over Umar. So I'm not going to promise it. But uh, there's some other names ahead. Sanhagen's a guy who I'd like against both these guys, so... It's tough, but uh, the fact that they're even close, considering how deep this division is, I think says a lot about like how intriguing this matchup is. Do you think yeah. either man? Do you think either man beats DJ? Because DJ technically weighs oh. in at one thirty-five. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I would like. I DJ is a matter, small right? bantamweight. DJ's yeah, a but freaking Adrian Marais is also a huge, huge bantamweight. Mm-hmm. tough tough i i probably like dj against if i if i were if i was a gun to my head i'd probably pick dj against both these guys probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's close i think mix probably matches up better with dj because he's just a monster and he's i feel like he's wiry. coming into his own and but dj's probably a better dj is a better striker than patchy but the ground exchanges between those two guys would be really fun stats too but we'll see i i think method matters for for my mm-hmm. rankings too. If Patchy goes out and finishes Rafion Stotts, there's a good chance I'm putting him in my top five. I'd probably slot him at six. I'd probably slot him at six. It's just do I do I bump him above Vera and Piotr Jan? That's the decision I'm gonna have to make, oh. but but I probably will. I probably Well, I guess will. we haven't we haven't updated these rankings since Corey Sanhagen's win, right? Uh, that's a good question. Do we do a full no, ranking uh, no, shuffle? We no, we have not. No, no. Not. So like Corey, to me, Corey would, but like right now, Corey sits at five. I would probably put him at four and Jan would drop down to five. 
I would have no problem putting Patchy Mix at five, if the, or Rofion Stotts at five, if that's the case. But as they sit now, I, hmm. either they're not going over Corey Sanhagen, O'Malley, or Marab, or Aljamain, obviously. It's just a matter of who's sitting at five. So I probably I could put them at five then if it's Puterian. Yeah, I have. I think I uh, we updated, but we didn't put it out there yet. Sterling, Marab, Sanhagen, O'Malley, Jan as my top five, and then it's Vera Font mix. So we'll see. Mm. We'll see how this all plays out. So uh, anybody picking Rafian Stotts here? He was Stotts was the favorite. It is flipped to Patchy Mix now the favorite. AK, are you going with and still interim champion Rafian Stotts, new millionaire, or? And new, Patchy Mix, interim champion, new millionaire. Yeah, I am going with the now underdog, uh, Rafion Stotts. I like him. I, I, you know, again, maybe, maybe this is a, just like a, a vibes pick. Uh, I like both guys. I like both guys. But I, I like Rafion a lot. I think there's a, a confidence he brings. And, and listen, Patchy has looked fantastic since that uh, Juan, Juan Archuleta fight. Even the Juan Archuleta fight, he looked good. I mean, it's not like he got destroyed. That was a really, really fun, uh, really good fight. Um, so he's definitely like learned a lot. He's grown a lot. It's He's he's trended in the direction you want to see someone trend when they lose a tough fight like that. They lose their first shot at a, at a world title. Um, so he's done all the right things, but uh, I do think Stotts has sort of an X factor to him. Uh, Size-wise, yeah, again, I, you know, you got to like Patchy. I think Stotts maybe a little bit, maybe a little quicker Maybe a little more explosive. It's tough, man. This is this is like the the, the margins. There's the, the margins here are so small. Um, I do like it to go the distance. I do think it'll be unanimous, convincing enough from Rofian Stas. It'll be unanimous. Um, but uh, you know, one of those fights where it could he could win like forty nine, forty six. But the, you know that doesn't sit, tell how close the fight is. Like some of the rounds could be toss ups and really close fights. And uh, but yeah, I like I like Stas to to take a decision. And it won't be the last time we see these two guys fight. God, I hope not. Jose, you're you're on mix, right? Yeah, I'm on record on BTL picking Patchy. And I'm gonna pick him by submission, actually. But I think it'll be late. I think what Danny Sabatello was doing to I, I scored it for Patch for uh Rofion Stotts when he fought Danny Sabatello. But if Patchy Mix has a lot of those positions, he's gonna hunt for submissions and he's not just gonna like try to grapple you into the fence or into the into the canvas. I was real for a long time. I thought Kyoji Horiguchi was, he still could be, one of the top five Bantamweights in the world. What Patchy Mix did to him. Magomedov, I was super high on too. I, Patchy Mix has put him to sleep with the guillotine choke. That was, I think that was my number two submission of the year. I just think Rafael Stotts is so, so talented. Patchy Mix is so talented. I think the first person to make a mistake is going to lose. And I think Patchy Mix has a much bigger killer instinct than Rofion Stotts. Rofion Stotts is more of a, I'm just going to dominate you. And Patchy Mix is, I'm going to try to put you away. So I'm going to pick Patchy Mix. Because if he gets one opening, he's going to snatch on a neck or something. Um, he's also, obviously, he's dating Tatiana Suarez. A lot of high-level wrestling when, when they train, where they train. So I'm going to pick Patchy Mix. I'm going patchy as well. Uh, it's a vibes pick. It's a different kind of vibes pick. But as soon as Mix finished Magomed Magomedov, I was just like, this dude might be the best bantamweight in the world. I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling by the this time next year, we're going to be having that conversation. I was so impressed by that performance. I was so impressed by the Horiguchi win. 
he's just looked like a world beater. And Stotts, you know, had that nice finish of Archuleta, but that fight was not really going well for him until that finish happened. And then he struggled a bit with Danny Sabatello. Yes, he won the fight. I think the right guy won. But I saw a lot in that Sabatello fight that I think Patchy Mix is going to be able to take advantage of. Rafion Stotts is well coached, and it'll be interesting to see how they game plan for a guy like Patchy Mix. But I just feel like a lot of those questions I had about Patchy Mix and his potential, Patchy's been able to answer during this Grand Prix. I think he's just on one right now, and I'm going to pick him to. I don't think he finishes Rafion Stotts. If he does, that'd be absolutely incredible. But I think these two are going to have a good fight. Could be a 49-46 mix, could be a 48-47, but I think it's going to be one of those fights where it's over. We're just like, damn, Patchy Mix is really, really good. Rafion Sats is also really good, but Patchy is just kind of on another level right now. And yeah, I'm, I'm riding that wave at this point. I, I just was so super impressed by those two wins in the Grand Prix. And let's see if he can do it again and become a millionaire and get a big fight for the undisputed Bantamweight title maybe end of this year, early next year. Rest of that, Bellator main car will have Alimale McFarlane versus Kana Watanabe. Aaron Pico is back. First fight since the shoulder injury against Jeremy Kennedy. He now fights short notice opponent James Gonzalez. Yancey Medeiros, Charlie Leary. Also a new main card fight after we lost Ray Borg versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Mads Burnell, Justin Gonzalez is a great fight. Kai Kamaka III, Adley Edwards should be fun. Uh, Samiko Inaba is back against Veda Ortega. Keone Diggs is back against Weber Almeida. Bobby King just loves spoiling confusing. fun. Yes, against Bobby uh, King. That's Alon confusing. Cruz. We have yes, Bobby we have Green, Bobby, Bobby King. King, King. We have the former Bobby Green, now King King, and we also have Bobby King fighting on set. That's confusing. That's very confusing. both lightweights, both lightweights too. By the way, Davion Franklin, Frank Franklin, excuse me, against Kasim Aras, Ilara Joani versus Bruna Ellen, and Alexi. Uh, Shurkovich versus Mazayuki Kikuri. That is the first prelim fight, uh, 170 pounds. Showtime, you can watch the prelims on MAFighting.com. Same with the Bellator 294 prelims. And then you can watch the main card on Showtime. So let's go to the peeps. Let's see what they have to say. We can talk about all the combat sports action. There's Casey. That's why he was a little quiet. He's in the the media room. Didn't want to call too much attention to himself, which is understandable. In the, in the media room, just everyone, you know, boxing, 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 you know. Boxing, boxing, boxing. What's the buzz like there, Casey? Is everyone just ramped up for this thing? Yes. Yes, I would definitely say so. Um, uh, it, it's not a, it is not a Mayweather fight week, but it's the closest thing I've felt to being at a Mayweather fight week, basically. Um, and if this fight, if it's, a, if it's a competitive fight and these guys have a rematch, it will be twice as big. Um, right now, um, it's what time is it now? So it's ten thirty in the morning right now. So the media room is kind of there's this, there's about I don't know fifteen tables like radio row back there, but like for Mayweather ones, there's like thirty. So it's like half of half the size, but still much bigger than uh like a, a normal UFC pay per view. But um yeah, it feels big and um Did- the weigh ins are just a few hours. Question, Casey, I have a question for you. Um. For the about the media and attendance, because obviously, like what you said, there's a lot of when Mayweather fights, there's way more tables. But do you think that's like we know why? Because like when he fights Pacquiao and when he fights like like all these other guys from other countries, those guys travel. Like when he fights Canelo, Mexico comes. When he fights uh, who do he fight? Maidana. When like where where's he? Yeah, Yeah, all those guys come. 
does Ryan Garcia is that is there any sort of Mexican media presence there? Because he's not overly popular in Mexico, but the Oscar De La Hoya connection is sort of there. No, it isn't. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel like a Canelo fight. I think he, you know, there's Mexican Americans. He's, I think, more people consider him like American. Yeah, Mexican. He also can't. Yeah. He can't speak. He can't speak Spanish, and yeah. a lot of Mexicans don't really like Oscar De La Hoya. I'm just curious if, like, no, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it feels like two Americans are fighting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a, interesting. A, a little bit. A little bit, but not nothing like ten percent of that Canelo type of right. nationality. Feel. Sure. Well, there's. There's no one like Canelo. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I just and like and like I said, even for Davis, like twenty five percent of that kind of Mayweather type of feel. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. from what I told Fight Night, this will have a big celebrity type of feel. I don't know if, oh, uh, if for you're, sure. Yeah, uh, just oh, and it's very hard to get into the building because it's so expensive. But being in the building for a Mayweather fight is like oh. it, 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 everyone dresses up. It's like it's like prom. It's like it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's like it's, it's hard Mayweather, to describe. Someone described it as Mayweather fights. Described it as the sporting's version of the Met Gala, and I've never. I've always thought that was perfect. Yeah, it pretty, pretty much. Yeah. So um, they're expecting tomorrow night event uh, at the T-Mobile would be kind of that same type of feel, where there's like a red carpet outside for like celebrities and things like that to show up for the event. Yes. Yeah. And I get to be in, I get to be inside the arena. Yay! Excited. They're not, they're not putting was, me in the outside. That was a fun press conference yesterday. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good one. Freaking Oscar just turned it, just turned it to 10 real quick. I was like, Whoa. All right. Oscar. I mean, that, that wardrobe was incredible. He looked like uncle Jesse on full house when he was performing like one of his <laughs> doo-wop shows looked incredible. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, to the questions though for the mixing the martial arts type of stuff. Uh do what do we got here? All right. Uh Cachuera versus Silva fight of the night should be fun while it lasts. Uh hold, that be your fight of the night first, Let me say something. First of all, uh this isn't gonna matter to anyone listening to the show on Saturday. So apologies to uh, anyone on the podcast network, anyone just watching this video tomorrow. We're actually in the middle of official weigh-ins as we record this show. Uh, Priscilla Cachuera has not shown up yet. Uh, plenty of time, plenty of time. 20, 22, 22 minutes left, 22 minutes left, plenty of time uh, as we record. Uh, she has she has missed weight once in her UFC career, uh, once by three pounds. She had a bad weight miss a while ago. So I'm just letting people know uh, if we want to talk about this fight, we can. Uh, it is by no means official and nowhere near official by, of course, uh, Jose Young's uh, cautionary standards. So just letting people know. Well, you guys can talk about it. But she has not showed up to weigh-ins as I speak right now. I mean, I don't even know how to transition because I don't want to jinx it. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy. I just I gotta keep I'm it just real. gonna say I'm sure. I'm just gonna say I'm, sure I'm gonna go with perhaps and just go from there. Sitting right on that fence. <laughs> yeah. Does the other heavyweight fight go the distance? Usman versus Tafa. Both men have weighed in successfully, AK. Is that accurate? Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, does this go? Well, does this go to the cards, AK? You know, uh, Jose was talking about earlier. Uh, uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. This should be explosive. But uh, Mo Usman has had some funky fights in his day. I I picked him to actually lose the Ultimate Fighter 
uh, I thought he would just get outworked, sort of outstruck by um, Zach Pauga. So I, I don't know. There is, there really is a chance to go decision. Like uh, he's uh, absolutely has knockout power. Uh, we know Junior Tapa does, and the limited uh, amount of fights that we've seen him in hasn't gone past second round yet. Four wins, four knockouts, three of them in the first round. Um, but I. I do think there's a chance this could be a heavyweight over. Not to turn this into no bets barred. I, I don't know what the heavyweight over is. Uh, over one and a half. If it's a good number, I would tell people sprinkle polish on there for fun. Throw a two knee on there, my fellow Canadians. Um, because Usman fights can be really weird and sometimes a little disappointing from an action standpoint. So I'll say it's possible. I'll say it's possible. I'm going to have to look at that line myself, to be honest. Jose, is this going to the cards? Nope. I think Junior Tafa gets it done. I just think he is supremely talented at striking, former glory guy. Not the biggest heavyweight, uh, but Mo and Mo Usman is you're basically punching a brick wall. I'm still picking Junior Tafa to win. I'm very I think he has I think both men have a very bright future. I just think Junior Tafa has a brighter future. I think if Usman wins, it's going the distance. <clears throat> but if Tafa oh. wins, it's not. I, I if Usman like, wins, that means they're not really doing a lot of striking. There means Usman took this fight to the ground. There's a lot of top position stuff going on, and we've seen it in a lot of Usman's fights. Like sometimes he just wins fights that's that way, and you would think that his team strategy is not to go in there and throw hammer and tongs with Junior Tafa because that's probably not a great idea. But yeah, if Usman wins, it's probably going to the cards. That's what I think. All right. What's the people's main event tonight for Bellator? This is easy one, but AK, go ahead. Arlene Blanco and Sarah McMahon. No, I don't know. Um, I was gonna, uh, yeah, listen, I, 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 yeah, tonight. So by by tom- so this is a good question because oh, by tonight. Saturday, tonight. yeah, if some if some people listen on Saturday uh, on Saturday, then they'll know whether we were right or not. So I, I'm I'm really intrigued by this Danny Sabs uh, Marcos Breno fight. Uh, we had uh, Jeremy Cruz spoke to Marcos Breno earlier this week. I think uh, who spoke to Dan? Mike, did you talk to Danny this week? Damon, I did. did. Someone talk to Sabs. I spoke Sabs? to Danny. You did. I, you I spoke to, to Danny. Sabs, yeah. So yeah, Danny's you know Dan, Danny loves uh, loves to give uh, Mike Heck this time. So you talked to Danny Sabs. I know he talked to Marcos Breno. Uh, Sabs a huge favorite. I think last time I checked, minus four or something, well over minus four hundred. So I think the expectation is that. He's going to take Breno down, hold him down, and uh, you know, just grind him out. And that's very likely what could happen. But I think Breno is also an intriguing prospect. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in that fight. I think it's the right – oh, I was going to say open the main card. There's one fight before that. But I think it's a good way, uh, a good fight to have early on the main card. Uh, I, I'm not picking against Danny Sabatello. I just would like to see – I think there's a chance Marcos Breno gives him a little more trouble than people are expecting. But again – by the time you listen, if you listen to this on Saturday, you'll know whether I was I was uh, right or if I was way off base, and it's thirty twenty six Sabatello across the board. What do you think, Jose? Tim Johnson, baby, I'm here for some sloppy <laughs> heavyweights. I, Tim Johnson fighting a guy. Tim Johnson is fighting a heavyweight coming off back to back split decision losses. Tim Johnson has lost three in a row. Two, one of them was to the the husk of Fedor Melianenko in Russia. I'm here for some bad heavyweight MMA. And I love Tim Johnston. He's a nice guy. Like, I can't say he has been in some boring fights. 
but I'm here for some sloppy heavyweights. It's a good palate cleanser. It is a it is a it is a good palate cleanser from the because the first two like you got Danny Sabs, you got the Arlene McMahon fight, Tim Johnson and and Syed palate cleanser to the title fight. Perfect placement. I don't want to hear anything about Tim Johnson doesn't deserve the co-made event slot. Perfect placement. Oh no, I agree. Yeah. Tim Johnson's one of those fighters that sometimes when he wins is whatever, but when he loses, he loses big. <laughs> he's a guy that when he loses like his feet leave the ground yeah <laughs> also like like oh my god I, so i love it. his resume is so fun he has a <laughs> he lost in 60 seconds to shet congo in uniondale new york and then got revenge with a split decision win in paris oh what a man what a man. Incredible. Also has a win over Tyrell Fortune, Matt Mitrione, and then just got absolutely dusted by Valentin Moldovsky and Leighton Bissell. <laughs> what a man. I love the uh, Killis Mota, Kenneth Cross fight. That should be fun. I like the Levon Kelly, Michael Lombardo fight. Those should be two competitive fights. But it's uh, it's probably the Danny Sabs, Marcus Braino fight. So uh, Danny, this is what Danny Sabatello had to say about Marcus Braino, and I'll clean this up. Uh, I think his stand-up is actually better than Rafion Stotz's stand-up. I saw his last <laughs> fight against Josh Hill, and he beat the S out of Josh Hill, but you can't really gauge too good on how well this guy is because Josh Hill effing sucks too. So I don't really know how good this guy is, but I can tell by the way he punches and throws kicks. He's very balanced with his strikes. He throws with a lot of power. He's got a lot of power shots. If he does connect with you, he can put the lights out. So he is a dangerous opponent. He's not in the rankings, but he does have a good record. He's gotten some wins. He's gotten the win over Josh Hill. He's kind of climbing the ranks. But yeah, this should be a guy that I absolutely tune up. I should beat the F out of this guy. And he's a minus 410 favorite. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen here. But we'll see. I, I like Brano. He just hasn't fought. He just hasn't fought a guy like Sabs yet. Uh, gentlemen, we, we have an update on Priscilla Cacharera. Oh boy! Again, this 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 will be old news by the time that if people listen on Saturday. But right now, live, uh, Priscilla Cachorro did show up for the weigh-ins about uh, fifteen minutes ago. Uh, one hundred and thirty pounds, and no, she's not oh competing in a bantamweight bout. She is competing in a flyweight bout. She missed the limit. Uh, th- throw in the one pound allowance. She still missed the limit by four pounds. I said earlier she'd missed by three pounds before, so she surpassed that now. Uh, I have a feeling this will not be the fight of the night on saturday and there's a good chance this fight does not happen that's a huge weight miss this is in las vegas uh four pounds over could go through karini silva at the very least can be asking for a lot of money but don't be surprised if it's agreed upon as a catch weight today and then on saturday morning we find out uh that uh priscilla Cachoeira is not medically clear this, this has happened a few times i think and uh, not just with her, with fighters in general. So it's definitely not official. That bout is not is anything but official right now. Good. I stand with my perhaps then about the fight. Of <laughs> that was a strong hedge. That was a strong it's hedge, actually, Mike. Strong hedge. Double down on that. Yeah. Cash aware versus Deanna Bennett next week. Oh, do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Take a few more. We got a we got a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's let's keep this nice. Let's keep this nice. Will Bellator ever get out of its own way? <laughs> I think. They like, made, all in they all, made, like, they made some mistakes. They, yeah, they made some mistakes. 
yeah, this this weekend has not been uh, has not gone very well for them. In some cases, I actually think they've had a really good year so far. Yeah, I think they've had a really good year. They had some compelling cards, some compelling main events. The March card with uh, Daniel James and Marcelo Golm pretty rough on paper, but actually ended up being a mm. really fun card if you watched it. Mm. And now, yeah, we're kind of here with flyweight fights that probably shouldn't have been booked. And now we have a weird main event on tonight with the stakes being very strange and random and almost unprecedented. And then we lost kind of the people's main event of the second one because they booked it in a weight class that they don't actually have. So, yeah, I think, they, I think they've had a good year, but this has just not been a good week for them, if we're being honest. Anybody else want to chime if in? You, listen, if you want to know how they're going to turn it around, I'm just saying, uh, we might, Mike, we might have a feature uh, and a podcast coming out this Sunday uh, that uh, if people listen to it, uh, theoretically puts me in charge of Bellator. And uh, I may have some. Maybe we don't know. So there's a we don't know. There's a little teaser though, guys. We have our. I think we've teased on some other shows already. So a uh, little a little draft talk, a little NFL draft uh, related MMA content. You know, some of your favorite MMA fighting personalities <laughs> taking over some promotions. I do. I do happen to be in charge of Bellator. If you want to know how I turned the ship around in one draft in one podcast, make sure to check that out this this uh, this Sunday. Now, how, how did you all decide who was going to be president of which promotion? Uh, ran, I think it was random, random, random shuffle. Right. Supposedly. We trusted Jed, so yeah. supposedly, supposedly random. Well, there's your first mistake. <laughs> well, I got last year I got a promotion that isn't even on display for this draft because they just don't do U.S. events anymore and they lost whatever buzz they had. That is Eagle FC. They have been replaced in this upcoming <laughs> draft by another organization uh, I think the draft is pretty interesting. AK, uh, you're either going to love AK's draft or you're not going to love And there's one pick in particular on the podcast that you just have to listen to because AK steals the draft, one specific pick. Listen. And he gets everybody Last pissed. year. It's wonderful. Last year in our online poll, there's an article that goes along with it. And the people voted in the poll and only 2% said I won the draft. Guess what? I'm going for 1% this year, baby. Number one, 1%. That's what I want. Don't vote for me. <laughs> I can't wait to see how these percentages play out. Because I still feel like I won last year's draft. Like in hindsight. The way it all played out, I think I won the draft. But back to back to Bellator quick. Did I've always felt Bellator made a mistake just booking Carmouche Bennett when they they should have booked Carmouche. I'm sorry, Carmouche versus um, Kana Watanabe. I felt like that was just yeah, or Lima, or Lima, or or just, or just put in Lima in, or and do that on well that way we work. I don't know. Um, they train together, the though, don't they? Like not but, like but, like but they, Liz no, they and, don't, they, and Lima they don't train like together tight. anymore. They don't, but they don't train. They don't train together anymore, right. and I can't remember exactly. But I think they both. They said that Alima, they'll they'll fight each other for like their retirement fight, that type of thing. Yeah. And I know Alima's kind of toward the end. Of, she's talked publicly about kind of, you know, she doesn't have too many fights left. She wants to move on in life. But uh, yeah, I just and and book book Alima versus Bennett. So the weight miss, the potential weight miss, wouldn't be as dramatic. You know, devastating to the card. And I think, I don't know, I, I never liked this matchup. I don't know why they put Bennett in the title fight with all her weight misses. Just put Kana back in there. I know she lost to Carmouche, 
but she lost in 30 seconds, kind of a flash KO. I think that's worthy of a rematch, considering how good Kana is. But, yeah, that, Bellator, Bellator is going to Bellator sometimes. All right. Yep. You know what? They have a uh, – there's a free agent on the market, Cynthia Calvillo. Sign her. Bring her in. Put her at flyweight. Yeah, put her, yeah back at flyweight, yeah. And she's fun. She's yeah, just yeah. Give her some fun fights. Yeah. Uh, oh, one more about Bellator. Is James the Alley Cat Gonzalez a live underdog against Pico? He is trained by the legendary Ray Longo. What do you think? Uh, what are the odds here? I would say Pico is probably the biggest favorite on the whole card. Would be my he guess. Is, it's like minus. He's like minus eight. Minus seven thirty. Minus seven thirty. That might have gone. That might have changed. Come back on. Maybe James getting some love from uh, from the gambling community. So Do you know James anything about him? I, I know nothing about his opponent. So he James is, is the guy who jiu-jitsu. very good. He Pat Sabatini, who is in the UFC now. Um, I actually the only CFFC like live event that I covered for a website in my career um, was. CFFC 81 Gonzalez versus Sabatini and Sabatini Gonzalez like ripped Sabatini's arm to shreds in that fight. 46 second submission. It was friggin' nasty. Uh, and he won, I believe he won the belt. Yeah, he did. He won the, the cage fury featherweight title. Dude's good. The dude is, uh, he's real good. So, but it is short notice. And Aaron Pico is a, is a freak of nature. So, striking's not great and i don't know how he's going to deal with pico's like top control wrestling i get where the question is asked but i don't think he's super duper live what do you think ak uh i was gonna say like almost anyone that's that massive of an underdog against pico should be considered live but i think he has put like a lot of his inconsistency behind him that last fight was it was kind of like a freak injury, right? I mean, you know, maybe he would have lost anyway. Uh, it was a tough opponent, but I, I, I think that Pico is at a point. I think he's finally matured. It's so hard not to think of him as the guy who, like, you know, has had some weird setbacks. I understand that. It's hard to shake that off. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Gonzalez is that live. Again, live in the sense that, you know, no one – I don't feel like anyone should in Bellator should be, like, that massively – He's plus five thirty. I'm looking at right now. Uh, that's that's pretty high. Um, but uh, no, I'll go. If I have to answer the question, yes or no, I'll say no. He is not alive. But he is not a live dog. I'm very confident Pico um, styles on him and, and, and gets a, gets a finish this Saturday. Yep. All right. And uh, one more question, a bit off topic. James has lost to some pretty good dudes too. Mike Trezano twice, Bill Algio, Levi Moles, Phil uh, Caracapa. Those are his losses. All pretty pretty solid guys. Uh, out of all these new fight announcements yesterday, what are you all most excited for? Jose, I'll begin with you. Uh, what are you most excited for from all of these fight announcements and date shifts and all of that fun stuff? Yeah, well, there's only really three new fights because Oliveira, Darius, and Emmett Taporia got new quote, new dates from their original bookings or what was reported as their original bookings. Uh, I would probably say Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad, solely because it's a five-round fight. I think that's pretty interesting. It's on super short notice. 
Uh, both men have tweeted a whole bunch that they'll fight anyone. So kudos to these men for taking a fight against, you know, top five fight, like a top five person in their division. Like, I just wish, like, in, in realistically, Bilal Muhammad should be fighting for the title and Gilbert Burns should be fighting Colby Covington for the number one contender fight. That is what should be happening. But, man, if Gilbert Burns or Bilal Muhammad win this last-minute fight convincingly, there's going to be a lot of, like, I Leon Edwards has done a lot of interviews saying he wants to fight a guy that deserves. I know that word is silly, but when the champion is saying it and he's being a little more picky... I think there's going to be a lot of questions. Whoever wins this fight, if they leapfrog Colby Covington for the the next title shot, because Dana White loves guys that help him out. So, I that's my answer. Uh, that's I mean, Darius and Oliveira is an awesome fight, and that's also tech. Like again, Darius should be fighting for the title right now. Um, yeah, that's the answer is Gilbert Burns Malamaha because that has the most that has the most title implications in all of them plus it's a five round co-main event and i love that i think most a lot of co-main events need to be five rounds ak i'll let you go uh i already know what you're gonna say so i'll just lead you into it uh we had already confirmed this fight but why is the answer the fight for the middleweightiest middleweight title between brendan allen and jack <laughs> you know i i, I my best friend i i wasn't gonna go in that direction though that's a you're right that's a very obvious choice uh perhaps you can wax more poetic on that uh than i am uh hermanson and, and brennan it was destiny i believe on otno was mentioned many 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 times by our brilliant listeners so i don't know i shouldn't even like we shouldn't even take the credit for making that happen i think the universe made that happen I, i'm like oddly intrigued by the uh, Chris Dacus dropping down to what, like 205. I, I think I think it had been suggested before, and it makes so much sense because he's on this losing streak at heavyweight. But for some reason, I just thought he'd be reluctant to do it. I don't know why. In my mind, I was like, it's something he should do. And if he can do it safely, he should. But good for him for that drop. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, he has better luck than we just saw that T- Tanner Bozer had. He does not have an easy fight. Um, Khalil Rantree was the you know the man who I said theoretically I, I would have loved to see him welcome uh, Alex Pereira going up to the light heavyweight division. Instead, he's welcoming uh, welcoming a heavyweight in Chris Dacus down to the light heavyweight division. So it's interesting. Uh, but for a guy who's on a streak of knockouts, throwing him in there against Khalil Rantree seems ill advised. But uh, maybe Chris Dacus, you know, mixes the martial arts. Jujitsu's all over his ass. I don't know. It's 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 I I'm, I am very interested in seeing how that turns out and uh, what this means for Chris Dacus because there wasn't long ago. It wasn't long ago that we were including Chris Dacus in our names of like young, intriguing guys at heavyweight, um, and he did enough to earn, I think, I think a top ten ranking. I want to say he made the top ten in uh, in the MMA Fighting Global rankings. So I know heavyweight, light heavyweight, different divisions, but light heavyweight isn't that deep either. So if he shows some stuff at two hundred five, he could be a guy we're talking about in the rankings like by the end of the year. So that's that's interesting to me. Casey, what did you think of the July 1st main event between Sean Strickland and Abu Magomedov? That was, uh, that was not on my bingo card, I have to say. That's one of those, when I saw that come up, I was like, okay, let me go to Tapology and see who this guy Strickland is fighting. That's, that's what that was. I was like, I, then I was like, okay, I've seen him fight, but it was, yeah, that was a weird one. I was like, oh, a main event. Okay, we're just, yeah, Sean Strickland, main event against, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That all right. was, was good, but he's got. Someone asked this on Twitter, and I thought it was a really interesting question. Is this the biggest step up in competition? And you have is this one of the biggest step up in competitions you have UFC history from Dustin Stoltzvis 
to Sean Strickland in a main event? Yeah, I was how, – how, considering how we talk about, like, say, we talk about Bo Nickel. Like, if they want to pick Sean Strickland versus Bo Nickel, I would have been like, okay. But, like, because that would have felt like the same jump to me. Um, but, but it would have made more sense. This one just – I don't – yeah, it's weird. It's a big jump up in competition against a guy we weren't really going – his last fight going, oh, yeah, he's ready for a top 10 guy. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't recall any of us having that conversation going, yeah, he, yeah, he's ready for a top 10 guy. Let's see it. It's just, all right, give, <laughs> it's a, it's a fight. Sean don't care. Sean's just like, all right, I'll fight him. Okay, so, good on Sean. Good on no, Sean. He wasn't, now. he wasn't ranked, but Alex Pereira going from and Andreas Michalaitis to Bruno Silva, who at the time right had there. won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was on a seven fight knockout streak. Three of them were in the UFC. And even the one outside the UFC, he knocked out uh, Alexander Slamenko in the first round. So to go from that to Bruno Silva was a big jump up, but yeah, this is. But Bruno wasn't I, I, ranked. Well, he might have been, but I don't know. Yeah, but and he wasn't. And I think style wise, we still we still saw it favorable for Pereira and Bruno Silva's knockout streak. What there were slobber knockers where you know where you kind of flip a coin and it just kind of came up Bruno Silva seven times in a row. He's that type of knockout fighter. I and felt like Bruno Silva was the only guy to take Alex Pereira to the scorecards. <laughs> That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dana, I mean, Dana had a lot to announce. I mean, a lot of the stuff we had known, some some new dates, but uh, I'm glad we're getting Darius Oliveira on June 10th. And if we don't get it, that's the Vancouver card. That that, that one needed it. So we got that. And that should be fun. That should be fun. All right. This was fun. This is fun. We have uh, lots of combat sports. Stay tuned to MMAfighting.com, and we'll keep you updated on everything from the stuff we talked about and even the things we didn't talk about. Weird boxing cards and really good boxing cards. We got everything for you. MMAfighting.com, we will have you covered. So thank you for watching, everybody. For AK, for Casey, for Jose, I am Mike Uh, And for Kirby as well. See you tomorrow, everybody. Or tonight for Bellator. (laughs) Happy birthday, Kirby. (laughs) It is his birthday. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible 
eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 